Hey everybody, welcome to the Apple Taco Podcast. This is episode 22. Joining me again, I missed you last week, Willow. It was odd doing it without you, man. Really difficult. Yeah, it's a little uncomfortable. I felt, I, I think I had to do it a couple months back by myself. And yeah, it's just you, did like, one, you did one session and it's hard, man. I'll actually be honest. I actually, I redid the session. I recorded it and I was like, that was not smooth. Like it was just like, it's a totally different feeling, so... I just, I felt like, and I'm like a goldfish, man. My mind wanders all over the place. So I'll be talking about something and I'll forget like where I'm going or somebody's name that I was going to say or something like that. And it's like, oh gosh, I need Willow to like bounce like conversation back and forth off of, right? So yeah, missed you, dude. There you go. Yeah. Well, we got episode 22 and I, I mean, I went over some Jersey numbers last week and I, I know you listened to the podcast, but 21 was hard because it was, it's all about Roberto Clemente. Roberto Clemente. Right? I did listen. I heard the shout out. Yeah. That, is, that is the number. So this week, number Before we 22. Get going, okay, wait. I just want to say, and I was only half of the podcast last week, but I just got Invisalign again two weeks ago. You and know I, what? Invisalign? Like Invisalign. I don't have it on right now, but I, I sounded like an idiot last week. I couldn't even. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Well, that's funny. See, I listened to it back and I was like, oh my God. And that's why tonight, like they're not in and they probably won't be in ever well, again. Well, if I didn't notice, it can only mean one thing, that you always sound like an idiot to me. I guess so, huh? It was, but here, uh, yeah. Here I we noticed go, man. It. I didn't notice. You're, okay, you're wonderful. that's fine. That's number, a good thing then. Number 22, the number worn by, and I got to go a couple old ones for you here. Because Jim Palmer wore it for 19 years, which is the longest that somebody's worn number 22. Followed by Bill Buckner, the star of, I think, the 86 World Series. And then Roger Clemens, uh, who also wore it. Um, he also wore it to number 21, which we talked about last week. But he wore 22 for a lot of his career as well. So here's some recent ones for you. Sandy Alcantara, our wonder who may not be wearing any number next year if he doesn't come back from his Tommy John surgery. Uh, Mets young rookie star Brett Beatty, um, twenty number twenty two Clayton Kershaw. I was gonna say that's the one that came to mind for me. Free agent along with all, fellow free agent Jack Flaherty, mm-hmm. World Series champion John Gray wore twenty two. This is one of the one I was like, oh yeah, nice Andrew McCutcheon at the Cutch twenty two. Obviously, yep, number twenty two. Canadian connection Josh Naylor. There's 22. Juan Soto, 22. And the immaculate hitter that was Xavier Nady, who, as we spoke of in pre- what previous episode, one of the best hitters of all time and had a multi-home run game by the second inning off of yours truly in AAA. So I had to throw him on there, although I don't know what number he wore in AAA. Okay, 22. Uh, Jose Ramirez led the league with 22 intentional walks this past year. And we all know in the playoffs, Adolis Garcia broke the postseason RBI record when he hit his 22nd RBI. Back in 1922, this is kind of cool, Major League Baseball saw, saw its highest scoring game in history when the Chicago Cubs beat the Philadelphia Phillies 26-23. to 23. Wow. You want to guess how long that game was? You'll be surprised. Here's your hint. Three hours and 42 minutes. Oh, I thought you were going to do it. Three hours and one minute. Oh, wow. In a game that had 49 runs. 
Yeah, what's going on there? They didn't have the pitch clock. And there's number 22 for you, man. Wow. Interesting um, week. Why don't we, you want to get right into our quick hits? Although it might be a little bit of a, an extended hits. Because we don't have an interview this week, which is okay. Now, why don't we just give her, right? All right, let's get into it. So we'll just call it The Hits. There you go. Okay, let's start off here. Um, Hall of Fame ballot was released. Did you get a chance to look at it all? I did, yep. What do you think? The two big ones on there are Beltre, the new additions, we should say. Mm-hmm. Are Adrian Beltre and Joel Maurer. Um, what what else? You, I mean, are, are they... Dude, I, I mean, are we agreeing that Beltre is a lock? Yeah, I, I'd agree, but... Even, even I find like if I got handed this ballot, it would be so tough for me, you know, because every player who's on there is a, you know, a great baseball player, right? There's no, there's no one who's on there who's just a mediocre baseball player. And to me, yeah. like, I would almost feel, you know, guilty not checking every box, right? You look, you look through the list and it's just like, it's a dude, dude after dude, you know, um, for there sure there's some. some yeah, there are some I think you can say like they call you know the Hall of Very Good. Yeah, yeah, Hall of Famer. But there yeah. are some where I think you look at and if you start looking at some numbers, it's like, wow, I need to look a little bit deeper at this mm-hmm. guy because he might be in. Yeah, but the one is like, are you are you a steroid era guy or aren't you? Because that makes it easy if you're not. Absolutely. It or does. if you if you are. It also makes it easy because mm-hmm. now you got like A Rod in there, Manny Ramirez there, and you know guys like that. Yep, yep. So, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think Beltre for sure should be first ballot. Um, yeah, but but other than that, like again, do you I have Joe Mauer in? I would have to look into it a little more. Yeah, likewise. Um, off the top of my head, I would say, I'd say, I'd say no, honestly. Yeah, he's a really hard one. And if so, if you looked at, and I looked a little bit deeper, if you look at his numbers based on position catchers, mm-hmm. I think he's in. Yeah. I think he's in, right? Um, but if you look at him based on whatever, just hitters or whatever, then I think he's out. So obviously, you can't do that. So I think ultimately for me, I think he'd be in. Um, yeah, it depends how you look at it, right? Some people probably look at it as like just being a hitter. Um, right. Cause again, catchers like, you know, if you swing it a little bit as a catcher, you're, you're a dude. You're good. Yeah. Especially in today's game. Exactly. Right. Silver uh, slugger. That being said though, there being a catcher, there's so many, you know, other traits that just other positions don't even come close to the call on a game or, you know, being a solid defensive catcher like that. Yeah. Um, that value, I think people lose a lot of the time of how valuable that is, you know? Um, but yeah, I think that's a, that's a tough, tough decision. I said no, but I'd have to look into it. That's just a very soft no. Yeah, and th- there are other ones for me that I think are in. Like, um, like I've got Gary Sheffield in there. Yep. Um, Billy Wagner for me is in. I I, I think Andy Pettit is a guy yep. who gets in for me. Um, I would Todd agree. Helton, Todd Helton's a guy that I've said for a few years. I've got him in. Andrew Jones, Andrew Jones, I think he's a guy too that, I mean, I think he gets in this year. Yeah. So there are a few. It's tough. It's a tough, tough group to pick from for sure. All right, moving on here. Have you watched the Baseball United stuff? Yeah, not impressed. No? Not impressed. Honestly, I I think it went exactly how I thought it was going to go. Yeah. 
it just it's clear it hasn't it didn't gain traction over there it just at all well here's as we said in a previous podcast you you kind of mentioned is like you look for information on their website and it's like it, there's not a ton like what is yeah. this legal but what what's the schedule and i just recently found out because i was looking again it's like there's no season this year it doesn't start until november of next year it's like a preview this year right yeah so it was like all this hype and build up and everything for like a two-day showcase uh you know so whatever you want to call it uh tournament i don't know um of these players and yeah they had some pretty good notable names they're past their prime but i think that's obvious that that's the way it was going to be or else they'd be in the big leagues right mm-hmm. but robinson cano and bartolo cologne and everything he had the first like punch out in league history which is cool um, the one thing that we do know is that, you know, with the ownership that is there and the people backing it, they're going to sink the money into it. It's not just going to fold overnight, right? It's going to go next year. Hopefully there's a little bit better marketing, um, throughout the season. I think some of the social media stuff's really good. I've seen a bunch of social media stuff on Instagram and everything that's just kind of promoting it. It's probably just cause it hits the algorithms on my feed and everything like that. But, um, you know, I think it's, and I think there's. You know, the two rules are the golden ball, right? Mm-hmm. Where I think it's three times a game a manager can can declare that that at bat um, is gold ball and any run scored count for double. Now, I got a couple questions. One is like, and I don't know this, maybe they've they've uh, like problem solved this or troubleshooted this. Like, what if the pitcher just decides to intentionally walk that hitter down? Yeah, it's a smart decision. Maybe it's yeah, it could be right. Pablo do, Sandoval he hits a six run home run the other night. The other the first day, ever, the first, first ever. ever six run bomb. Um, do you just walk him instead? Right. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a possibility, or maybe if I mean for me, it's like if you declare that that that's the golden ball, the rule would be you can't intentionally walk that hitter. Then even if you've declared you're going to intentionally walk, manager calls golden ball, that hitter has to come back or whatever, you know, not take their base and and hit. I don't know. Um, but also, too, as a pitcher, like, if, if there's a golden ball up there and there's more than one guy on base, like, you shouldn't throw him anything even close. Yeah, that's the other thing. I guess that's the other workaround. You can't intentionally walk him, but I can throw four balls out of the zone. That, exactly. You know, it's the right? unintentional intentional walk. Yeah, so I don't know the answer to that. But I, don't, I, I honestly, I thought it was cool at the start, but thinking about it a little more, I think it's kind of dumb, honestly. Like, I just think, like, in a competitive nature, I don't think it plays out to the way that they think it would, right? Yeah, and I don't know how they make it fly because, you know, there's it's almost like an independent league, mm-hmm. right, to me. And so uh, there's only one way that it flies, and it's money. Yeah. So now if you get guys who are kind of – it's like that 4A player, right, who maybe they can't get to Japan or can't get to Korea who also pay really, really well. They don't want to go indie ball route because – that pays a couple grand a month uh, for like three months. Um, so do you go to Dubai where money's a flowing over there and, you know, they're, they're basically paying you to go. So that might be a way that works, but yeah, but I, I mean, don't know, there man. was like 80 people in the stands. Like, it, it, you know, well, I, I did hear that the outfield were reserved for uh, bands and each team had their own band. Right. And so that Okay, well there's twenty twenty of the eighty people on the in the stadium. Yeah, exactly. Right. So uh so that's why maybe no fans were seen in the outfield, but I mean yeah, even behind, behind it. Yeah. It, yeah. It looked like know. a it looked like a yeah. 
I don't know. A little, uh, An a little empty. game. Instructional league, you know. Oakland A's game. Uh, no, I think A's are more than that. I was thinking like <laughs> instructional league, you know. Although some... after 2024, the A's are going to be homeless. Maybe they, they play out of Dubai for a couple of years until they Vegas could. is built. They could. I got them at the Aviator Stadium, so. Well, the other rule uh, that they've got is if it's tied after regulation, after nine innings, they go do a uh, 10 swing, I think it is, home run derby. That I've heard of that before. I had a, actually a couple of buddies who played in the Pioneer League. Um, okay. And they, they do that same thing. Extra innings they like is, just it? A, is a derby. Um, I think so. It sounded like they did. I think it's, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, and you probably not you because you're a pitcher, but like I hated extra innings. Like I loved it because it was competitive, but like, it's just, you know, when you're strung out, right? It's just like, it's long. Like you're almost just like, ah, get it over with, right? That's that's how I felt. You know, I always did. And, it, well, and I guess I kind of hated him too, because I didn't want to sit there for 16 innings and just yeah. watch the game, right? Whether yeah. I pitch that game or not. It's like, especially if it's April in uh, whatever, Northeast, and you're like, this is freezing cold. Yeah. It's now 11 o'clock at night and I'm ready to go. Yeah. But yeah, that, that was the other rule. And that's obviously for fan interest. Mm-hmm. No, and I agree. I think that's I, I I love it, right? You know, as a fan, you're almost it's almost like a shootout in hockey, right? Like I I, I actually enjoy watching the shootout because right. you get to watch you get that extra little bit of overtime, which is especially now with three on three in the NHL. I was gonna say it's I, very I like entertaining. Three on three better, right? It's very entertaining, and then on top of that, you get a shootout where it's like you know someone's gonna win. It's back and forth. It's like it's a it's a great structure. So I love that. I And I think, like, as a fan, if I'm going to the field and I get to watch, you know, nine innings and then a home run derby, you know? Okay, so, okay, I'll, I'll ask you this question then. So baseball over in Dubai in the Mideast is an introductory sport for the most part, for a lot of people, right? It's a new mm-hmm. sport. Would you be more interested watching kind of one dimension of the game that is, yeah, the home run's an exciting play, right? So now you're just watching that instead of trying to sit through pitch to pitch and learn all the intricacies. It's almost like the, for the casual fan, is that more interesting? Well, I mean, not the first nine innings, no. No, I mean the home run derby, just the home run. I know, but I'm saying like, I, I would I would rather watch nine innings of good baseball with no home run right. derby than nine innings of baseball that's crappy and then it ends with a home run derby, you know? You're talking to a guy who loves a good one nothing pitching duel. Yeah, you're yeah, you're <laughs> you're sick in the head. Free agency is starting to to heat up now. For about a week and a half or so, it's like been pretty quiet to the point where I was sitting there going, Man, we're not gonna have a whole lot to talk about for these quick hits on this pod. But for the last few days it started to heat up. But really the first the first signing, um actually I guess it was a, a trade. Um, was Eugenio Suarez to the D-backs mm-hmm. for catcher Sebi Zavala and pitcher Carlos Vargas. D-backs get the third baseman, a um, little bit of pop, uh, lots of punch outs, but they get some power there. That's kind of, I think, what kind of triggered a few moves anyway, at least mm-hmm. his first one. I don't know if that instigated anything, but a third baseman being signed and third baseman are a little, little, little short um, to be had this year, I think. Chapman, we've talked about Chapman yep. before. He's he's going to be, um, I guess uh, teams are going to be uh, hunting him down and talking to him. But Suarez to the D-backs. Um, free agents. What do you think is a good move, by the way? You like Suarez I, I, to the D-backs? I think that's a really good fit, yeah. I think, I mean... 
I do too. They had Longoria there. Um, I don't know if he platooned or not, but uh, he was there for. He for did. A lot, they, right? they, they, he platooned a Both bit. And I forget the. I forget the other. It's probably saying something. Um, so Suarez is going to be penciled in as long as he's healthy. I think, right? Yep. Free agency pitchers uh, started signing here. Kenta Maeda to the Tigers, two years, twenty-four million. Uh, I think it's fourteen the first year, ten million the second year. That was one. Um, the Cardinals signed uh, a few, I guess, right? Lance Lynn, yep. um, Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson. And then they pick up Sonny Gray, was the new one. Three uh, years, 75 three mil, years. and they sold payday for him. How about this? So that's, uh, I mean, quick math tells us that that's, that, that is $25 million a year. Aaron Nola signed a seven-year deal for $24.5 million per year. I mean, I know it's, I think it was. Yeah, it's a, it's a little, little bit more than that, but uh, under twenty-five. You know, the length is longer, and so the overall terms and the overall uh, salary is more. But average annual value, Sonny Gray or Aaron Nola? That is really tough. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a really tough call. I think they're they're pretty similar and. I like Sonny Gray. I think him adding the sweeper, uh, I think his stuff last year, like just, he looked, you know, just looked so good. And the thing I'd go off of if I was going to pick Sonny Gray is, you know, when I see a good pitcher pitch, there's like that, I don't know if you want to call it moxie. There's, you just Mm -hmm. get that feeling, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you watch both them pitch. I think Sonny Gray gives me that more, you know, that kind of unhittable stuff with kind of that, that Moxie has on the mound, like that's what I would go off of. Again, like I don't think you're gonna get, you know, have a wrong pick between the two. I think it's one A and one B, but um, that's what that that's what my, you know, differential would be between them. Yeah, my my gut instantly is Aaron Nola and taking him all okay. day every day. Now, the other thing is Aaron Nola's I think is thirty one. Sonny Gray's thirty five. I think um, so. You got a little bit of an age, um, I guess, benefit to, to mm-hmm. Aaron Nola. But Sonny Gray is one of those guys, I think, for the past few years anyway, to me, he's flown under the radar, man. He is good. He's solid. He makes all his starts. He's, he's got a career 3-4-7. I did not know that. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's impressive. I mean, part of it is because he was in Cincinnati for a few yep. years, right? So, yep. I mean, everybody flies under the radar there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's he's good, and I do really like him. Second Cy Young voting this past year, so great signing, I think, by the Cards. Although they, with their five man rotation, their average age is thirty five. Now they yeah. got the the geriatric rotation uh, with Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, Gray, Miles Michaelis, and Stephen Matz. Yeah, those are the five, right? So, um, but they got a couple. All, couple they've all arm, made their starts. Young arms coming up too, so. Well, that's, that's the other thing that they've been talking about is that this might just be kind of a holdover until those arms are ready. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that seems to be probably what makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyways, Cardinals, um, I don't know if they're done or not, but they made three moves who, uh, who ideally are going to see the mound every fifth day. Dodgers make a signing. They signed Jason Hayward back to a one-year, $9 million contract. Had a really good year last year. And I know he got a lot of praise from Freddie Freeman 
which is why the Dodgers, I think, picked him up in the first place. Yeah, they're best buddies. Yeah, so, I mean, hey, you get the Freddie Freeman pat on the back and you sign and you have a good year. Dude, right, let's run it back. Do it again. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, he's a good fit there, I think. Um, we know that uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto was posted, but so was left-hander Shota Imanaga, Imanaga um, who started against the U.S. team in the WBC this past year. Pitched a couple innings, but he's kind of, uh, I guess, your number two uh, pitcher out of Japan to be posted. Yamamoto's clear, the clear number clear one. Clear number one. Just one is Imanaga, he's going to get a lot MVP, of attention as well. Yeah, third MVP, uh, tying Ichiro, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty impressive. Um, yeah, any time that you're in the same list as Ichiro, you're doing okay. Especially, I think, as a pitcher, right? Not many pitchers. I don't know if it's different in Japan, but you, you don't win MVP too much as a pitcher. No. You uh, you think there's any possibility of a little package deal with Otani and Yamamoto? Well, I mean, how? They're, I mean, they're not linked. I mean, they might. No, I know. But, I mean, it's came out like like Shohei, he, he really is bought into Japanese culture. And I think that's a big pull for him. I honestly don't see him going to a team without a Japanese player. That's what I'm going to say right now. I don't yes. know. Is that the selling is that the selling feature? Like Japanese player, uh, $600 million maybe. I don't know. Like, oh, I think there's Japanese a lot of friends. things. That, yeah, <laughs> I, I guess. But I think there's a lot. I mean, I think he's came out and said that's a big part of it, though. I mean, he, yeah. I know he's like, you know, uh, for instance, with the Jays, he had, I think he had lunch a couple, might have been a month ago or so with uh, Kikuchi and right. his family. Um so I don't know. I just see that. I think that's, I mean, that's a poll, right? For me, I don't know if I'm in Japan and there's another Canadian. Yes. I, I, I don't disagree with you. Can, and we can't say that going to the States, right? Because it's, you know, Americans, Canadians, as mm-hmm. little, we want to pretend we're a whole lot different, we're not that much different. No. Uh, and we speak the same language, you know, first and foremost, which is huge, right? So if you don't speak the language coming across, and I'm not saying that um, Yamamoto or Imanaga do or don't, I don't know. But yeah, I'm, if I'm if I'm more comfortable in my native language, there's somebody else there um, that I can play with, not just a translator. That's that's huge. I know when I went to Venezuela and played, like it was quite an asset to have other Americans on the team who spoke Spanish when I spoke absolutely zero at the time, right? Yeah. So um, so yeah, interesting. Uh, Yamamoto, I'm obviously interested about, but Imanaga is going to get a lot of interest as well. Um, oh, and did you hear the Yankees actually held out from, I don't know if anybody wanted it, but we remember a few episodes we talked about uh, number 18 and what that meant in Japan. And the Japanese ace of the staff was you know, given the honor of wearing number 18. It means a lot in that culture. Well, the Yankees didn't give out number 18 last year, I think, anticipating this uh, posting and having Yamamoto uh, be up for grabs. Mm-hmm. And so they held off on giving 18 to anybody, I think, in hoping to entice him with number 18 and obviously a whole lot of American dollars. Yeah. So, um, and they've said that they're out on on Otani. So is all their money going to kind of go to Yamamoto and they're not going to let anybody else take them? I think, I think for the Yanks, there's a lot of other places that money can go for them. That's just what I feel. Um, but could it help? I mean, yeah, it's not a bad two after Cole, you know? Yeah. One, so, two. But that's, I, I, uh, it's not bad. Not bad at all. 
Um, just read this. The Brewers want to extend Jackson Churio. They yeah, I saw that. that. I saw that. No, and no, obviously no big league experience. Nope. Uh, he mostly six... was in Double A. He had six games in Triple A. Yep. Um. So yeah, interesting move. So the only five. I don't know if you saw this part. The only uh, other players that were given an extended contract that did not have major league experience were Aloy Jimenez, who was given a six-year, $43 million uh, contract, followed by Luis Robert, uh, Mm -hmm. not that long after, six-year, $50 million contract, and then to much lesser amounts, uh, John Singleton, Scott Kingery, and Evan White. So five players have been treated that way uh, with that extension. Jackson Churio looking to be the sixth. Number two major league prospect. So, I mean, I guess my thinking was, what it made me think of is if if you've got a prospect who in your eyes is a can't miss, as kind of Jackson Churio I think is a, in a lot of people's eyes, does it make sense to do this more? Like, will we see this more often? Will we see Jackson Holiday, you know, be given an extended contract if we think that he's a can't miss prospect? Buyout is arbitration years. It's going to be a lot cheaper now than if you wait three years for his arbitration years, right? Is, yeah, so, but is it something that maybe makes sense? That might. That's a that's a two way street there though too, right? Like, yeah, you'll save money there, but if he doesn't pan out, you know, it's 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 the flip of it where you're you're losing money in a player that you put too much into early, right? So if you think about, let's take a guy like Vladdy Gro, mm-hmm. guy. Vladdy is up to earn somewhere around $20 million this year through arbitration. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what if you paid Vladdy before he even made it to the big leagues because he was your can't miss prospect and you offer him six years at whatever, you know, 40 million. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you take it? Yeah. I mean, it's tough for me. I, I see the, I see the resemblance to the card market and you can probably relate to this, but I find it very crazy that, and, and although like, again, a lot of these prospects that are going to get this, you know, are labeled the can't miss prospect, but it, you see it in the card market too, right? Beggar. It's you, you, there's guys who their rookie, let's say that, let's say a, a one of one rookie card is going for, um, you know, double, triple of, players who are in the MLB who have like an unreal track record, you know, like I, I don't have any uh, comps in front of me or anything, but mm-hmm. I'm saying is like you see in sports cards all the time that there's guys who haven't even touched the big league field and their cards are going for, you know, five times more than guys who are all-stars that year. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, mm-hmm. that's how I see it. And like, it's, you know, I guess you could throw some money and keep them around, but at the same time it is a risk, right. And you got, you got to be aware of that, but I don't know. I think, I think it's, it could be valuable used in the right way. Um, I I hope it doesn't get to the point where it kind of gets out of control, right? It could be a trend that people start to follow, and I think that'll start yeah. to bite people in the butt. But, I mean, yeah, Jackson Holiday, that's a guy that I would put money into, right? Right. But, but more I of guess, a, you know, um, devil's, devil's advocate, if you, if you start thinking it the other way, though, if you wait till they're in the big leagues, there's no guarantee that they're going to be particularly health-wise. And I'm thinking pitchers here, right? Mm-hmm. We just saw DeGrom signed for 185 million dollars something like that yeah like how much is this guy gonna pitch again i i don't know i don't know if anybody really knows right yeah so you sign with that deal and there's no guarantees there either so i think you know hitters might be a little bit easier with health but it's not a given 
So, I mean, I don't know. It's But I thought it was interesting anyway. It'd be like, is this the way to do it? Is this the way to maybe keep costs down? Especially if you are a team like the Orioles or, you know, the Royals or Rays or somebody like that um, who can't just go out and, you know, pay for somebody after their six years mm-hmm. and their free agency and, and everything and, and spend the $150 million on a guy. Yeah. Try to lock him up early. Yeah, that is a, that is a place for sure. Interesting. Last one I've got, Andre Dawson just read this. He wants his Hall of Fame plaque hat changed from the Expos to the Cubs. So then I'm like, huh, interesting. How long did he play these places? He played with the Cubs for 11 years. Or Sorry, he played for the Expos for 11 years and played for the Cubs for six years. Clearly he's got an allegiance. You know, he feels more Clearly of an allegiance to the Cubs. He hates Canada. Know. Well, I thought it's like a knife in the chest right there, Hawk. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Kind of, I don't know to say it bothered me, but I thought it was, why? Like, what's, one, I guess, what's the big deal? But I'm also not a Hall of Famer with a, that cap in the, in the hall. But I thought it was strange. Now, I did hear... A few years ago, they changed. I think it, I want to say from two thousand and one on, they eliminated players from being able to choose what hat they wear. I was going to say, I remember that where it goes to like your greatest time toward contribution towards team, right? Yeah, I think then it's selected, I guess, by the Hall of Fame committee. I don't know, but I I think it was to eliminate. You know, teams would pay. Yeah, to have to have you wear their hat so they could say they've got X amount of big leaguers in, in the, the Hall of Fame. Fame. Yeah. Right. So, um, and yeah, obviously the Expos are the Cubs. Who's going to pay you more money to wear their hat? Well, the Cubs are probably going <laughs> to pay more than uh, the Expos. But yeah, I don't uh, think the, the peril's looking too good for the Expos right now. Not right now. Maybe in a few years, though. Manfred's bringing them back. There you go. Well, not with the Rays new stadium, so. <laughs> Who knows, right? But, um yeah, I thought that was an interesting one, but that's all I've got for the hits. Willow, you got some? Yeah, I don't really got a hit, but a little uh, little section that I'd throw in there. Pick your brain a bit, bagger. Throw some things Uh-oh. out there for you. But uh, this the segment's going to be called, How Hot Is He? <laughs> and what we're and obviously, do. we're talking about their looks. Yep. So first, <laughs> Renee Tassoni. No, I'm joking. But, it's uh, a two, two out uh, of two. Two out of two. Yeah, there we go. No, but uh, I'm gonna run through. I'm gonna run through some free agents. I want you to give me a scale of attractiveness um, for these free agents. This is like an Otani is like a ten, and then one low, right? Um, I want I want you to understand too that you got to have a GM perspective on this. So what you're going to be paying the guy. It's not just oh, like, gosh, you know, right. You're so, asking me a lot of questions. Right well, I want you to really think zero about zero research. I probably don't even know half these guys. Well, I want you to think about it, right? A guy who might not, you know, Matt Chapman, who probably is going to get paid way too much for how bad he's going to be. For instance, I would put him out of three, but that's just my opinion. Okay. okay. So right. we won't even, we won't even touch Otani and I'm not going to hit on everyone, but I'm no. going to wait, make my way through the, through the list. I already okay. know this first one. I know where this is going to be on the scale, but Blake Snell. Hey, yeah, you know, you you kind of know where I stand on Blake Snell. I do. Hey, I'm scared of Blake Snell. I think he's going to be drastically overpaid. 
I just don't trust the consistency. And that's something that if I'm giving, you know, a multi-year contract with, a co with, with numbers that are nine figures, I'm looking for a little bit more consistency. So is he attractive? Sure. To a lesser degree than what he's going to get. Yeah, but so, this is to your eyes and your perspective. Okay. So, I mean. So how hot is Blake Snell on a scale of one to 10? I'm from a GM perspective. Like, do I want him? Is that what you're saying? If I'm a GM. I, I, yeah. No, is it's, that it's my number, based though? on your thoughts of how attractive he is as a free agent. Clearly, if from what I hear for you, that's five. probably a four. Like, I was going to say a four in your I, mind, Well, right? I was debating four or five. You don't think he's going to be worth the money, so is it tracking? I'm kicking the down, tires. Right? I'm asking the questions, but I know I'm not going to get very far because teams will pay him. Okay. He's going to get paid. He's going to make a lot of money. There you go. Okay. Next, Cody Bellinger. Oh, okay. I would almost say the same thing about this, about him. But I feel a little bit more bullish about him being a solid player. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a seven. I'm gonna give him a seven. I think there's value there. I think he's gonna get a ton of money. Will it be an overpay? My gut says yes. It will be a little bit, but it might not be. Yeah, after right. he a year like perform. he had, it's tough. Yeah, if he does the whole, it's not just the year that he had; it's the year he had after what three years or whatever Absolutely. before, yep. two or three before that. That's what makes me really worried, right? So, um, but I'm I'm a little bit more optimistic that he's kind of turned it around as, and is going to get back into his old form. So, yeah, I'm asking questions, but again, I'm probably not willing to go as high as other teams would. Okay. Okay, on to the next. I already told you my rating for this. Matt Chapman. I'm a little bit higher than you are. Chapman, because I think, I think, I mean, I think I can still say it about last year. He had an unbelievable April, I guess it was, where he like led the league in everything. But that was an anomaly, right? I think you know what you're getting with Matt Chapman. I think he's a 240 hitter. He's a 20-25 home run guy. Gold and love. Gold. And you and that's where the consistency is, and that's where you're gonna you're gonna pay for that. If you're expecting somebody to hit 275 with 30 bombs, you're gonna be incredibly disappointed. Okay. Yeah. But if you're paying for 240 with 20 home runs to lock down third base, then you know what you're getting, you know what you're paying for. So I don't see, yeah. I mean, I think the numbers that I've heard are like six years, 150 is kind of what people think he's gonna go for. I'm I don't know if I I don't know if I'd go there, but I'm intrigued. I'm gonna give that one uh I'm also giving that one a have fins. Maybe seven point five. Okay. Seven point five. Fair. Yeah, we'll go go right around. Yeah, that is a good point. And I think his April did kill expectations. And I would say 100%. that too. Because again, it's like I had him on my fantasy team. I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be the best year of Matt Chapman's yeah. life. Um if he keeps and I, I think it also hurt too how how quick he turned, right? He had he had a couple really tough months there for a bit. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of, yeah. But still. And then he kind of got back to, I think, who he was. He probably, like, if you look at his last couple months, month or so, I bet you he was somewhere around 240. And Yeah, he's back to his normal, right? Back and to his normal. like gold glove defense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if that's what you want to pay for, then that's what you're going to get. 
All right, next one, interesting one, and not not getting re-signed with the team who people thought he was because they have uh, admitted to Bryce Harper taking over more time at first base, but Reese Hoskins. I'm not as big on Reese. I don't know what the market is on him. I haven't heard a lot. Um, I'm not super interested, to tell you the truth. I'll, I'll give it a three. Okay. And here's the thing, with all these free agents, and just like, you know, I heard a report today that Jays were getting calls on Vladdy and Bo. Right. If I'm a GM, yeah, I'm calling every team pretty much about anybody who plays the position for which I'm looking. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, if I'm looking for a first baseman, yeah, I'm calling calling up to see what what Reese Hoskins is. You know, if it's a, a trade or whatever, I, I'm I'm asking the questions because if I can, you know, maybe nobody else is really too interested, or maybe I really badly need it and I have to go a little bit higher on them. I'm not super high on Reese Hoskins, though. Um, so I'm going to go with three there. And then coming back from injury as well. I think, what was it? Was it knee? I don't even know what it was. It was. Interesting. Because I, I'm opposite. I'm opposite. There. I think <laughs> I think he's got value. Okay. Um, when he has been healthy, I think he's been really good. And I don't know. I, I see it being a decent pickup. Um, you know, first baseman, that's probably going to get you 30-plus home runs a year, right? Um I think there's value in that for sure. Again, what that price tag is, who knows? But um, I would, I would probably give him like a five or six in my mind. It's so a little higher than you. You're going five or six? Yeah, I'm six, six, six. Okay, so let's see here. I just brought it up quick. 20, uh, 2022, Will he hit two forty six. He had thirty bombs. Okay, so you're going to get power in twenty twenty one. He had twenty seven bombs, and again, so he's a career two forty two hitter. This sounds an awful lot, kind of like a guy we just talked about. Matt Chapman. Yeah. A few more home runs, same average, better defense than Chapman than than Hoskins. So I mean, mate, I mean, you're paying for a little bit of more in that that bat, but um you know, interesting. I don't know. I'm not I've never I've been super high on, but part of that is just like gut feel too. You know, I don't follow every mm-hmm. other team like kind of follow Jays a little bit more, but um yeah. He'll get paid somewhere. Yeah. All right, well, I got two more for you. One's a, one was a J last year, and then the next one has been a J in the past. But first one is Whit Merrifield. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. How interested in, am I as a GM on Whit Merrifield? Um. Huh. This might be crazy. I'm seven or eight on Whit Merrifield. I I'm think he's you. got a I'm lot of you. value. I love it. I do too. I think I think guys in his position where one, he he, he plays. I mean, he plays what? I mean, you could say four solid positions um, on the field, right? All three outfield spots. Then he's a second baseman. I'm sure yeah. you could throw him at short or third, and he'd be fine. Short, he'd be a little over his head, I think. But he he he'll do a job. But third, you even first, right? Like yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you get him some reps in spring training, he's fine. Right. Yeah. yeah. Scotty so, H. Scotty H. Can do it. Anyone can. I am. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm on wit. I'm okay with him. I'd be okay if the Jays brought him back. Yeah, me too. It's I, not gonna yeah. happen. I, I mean, gonna happen, he, he had a cold end of the season, but I mean, three quarters of the way through, he was still hitting over three hundred. Like he swiped some mm-hmm. bags. Like he's. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like him fitting in a Braves dot these power teams. I think that's a great fit, right? A guy that you can move around. Give your outfielders, you know, a couple days off, right? Um, he doesn't have to play the same position every day. He's going to be a no. solid bat in the lineup every day. He's going to steal bases for you. He's going to get on base. Um, 
He honestly could go to any team because he also he fits could. in the lower market teams that don't have the money for the, the big free agent. Agreed. I, I just right. see his value at the, you know, the bigger market teams. I, I, I think he's a guy and watching him last year as much as the Jays, like I see him fitting, you know, a, a good role with some other team and may not play as much, right. May not play every day, but still a guy who, um, you know, can bring some serious value to those, those high market teams. Well, well how old is he now? Uh, 35. He is getting older. That's what I was thinking. So you're a free agent, you're 35 years old. Um, you've played, uh, a lot of your career with Kansas City, mm-hmm. and then you go to Toronto, where you were hoping to win a World Series. You didn't. You're a free agent now, and you've got options. So where are you going to try to go? I know where I'm going to try. Like not specific team, but the type of team that I'm going to try to go to is a playoff team. Mm-hmm. I'm Absolutely. And, if, and if I get an offer from one of those teams, like you're saying, like the Braves or something like that, yeah, I'm re- I'm really really interested in that. Absolutely. Yep. Okay, so uh, seven or eight there for you then, I heard? Yeah, I got seven or eight on wit. Okay, nice. I, I like that. I like that. Value. And then finally, ex-Blue Jay. Can you take a guess? Ex-Blue Jay like played there last year? No. Oh, because I thought you might be going like Kiermaier. No, no, no. Um, Ex-Blue Jay. I don't think Jimmy Key is coming back. No, year. no. Uh, a little, little we... shorter. A little shorter than that. Height doesn't measure that? heart. Marcus Stroman. Come on. Stroman. Stroman. Okay. This is actually a tough one for me because I've never been a Stroman fan. Um, I'll give him credit. As I did in previous podcasts where he was putting up a really, really good year until kind of the second half and then he kind of fell apart. I'm... Man... He's got value, depends on the type of team. Like, I, if I'm a low market team, I'm really interested in this because I think I can get him for cheap, cheapish, right? Cheapish. Um, if I'm the, the big market team, I want somebody who didn't fall apart that second half. So, um, you know, I, hmm, if I had to put a number on Marcus Stroman, I'm going six because the other thing too is I could, if I'm a big market team, I guess I could slot him into like a, like a a five starter Mm -hmm. four starter. And he's probably going to be better than your four starter or five starter. Yeah. Right. So if, if I've got a rotation locked down, you know, my top three and I can slot him in four or five, it's pretty good spot to be in. Well, I don't know how cheap you're getting him for though. Well, that's the thing. I don't know. I mean, I don't he know he, what he's he opted for. out. He opted out of his last year for twenty-one million with the Cubs. So, but the part of that too is you might be able to get him for three years at forty-five, just for and that'd be a fifteen million per year True. instead of one year at twenty, right? So you're yeah. Still I mean, your, he's, your, he's thirty-two. He's getting total there. value. Yeah, your total value is a lot more, right? So, which is probably I'm thinking like if he signs for twenty million a year, but can sign a three-year deal. It's still worth it to him to opt out of that twenty-one million dollar contract, yeah. right? So um, I see, I see it so a little bit higher that. after. I think him and his ego he has. I think he's going to have a a little bit and different I'm, idea. I, I'm going to say he's going to twenty-three to twenty-four range. That's what I'm going to say. How many I, years? What do you think? I don't know. Tough two, three. Not much. I don't think. You don't think so? Like, how old is he? He's thirty-two. 
Also, a guy who's been injured quite a bit over the years too. So All right. It's so uh, he was ten and nine last year with three nine five. Uh, made twenty seven starts, uh, pitch in twenty seven games. So, what do you have? Through one hundred thirty six innings, one hundred thirty eight the year before. Um, so not a not not a ton of innings those two years, but he was an all star last year, so that'll kind of give him a little bit of a boost. But yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But like I said, I'm a six on him. Like if the price is right, I'd take a shot. You know, you know he's a competitor, mm-hmm. so you, you you do have that going. You know he's not going to fold on you. Um, he's going to compete. Um, and yeah, I don't think I think he's probably a good clubhouse guy. If I had to guess, uh, like I don't think he's I don't think he's I, arrogant around. He carries it, but I know he's like I don't love the 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 swagger that he that he kind of has on the mound. I'm not all about that, but I don't think he's cocky around his teammates i think he's probably a pretty good team guy that's just again gut that's total gut gut yeah fair enough fair enough well what do you have him on uh i think i'd have him like a five-ish okay like i think he can add value um again i don't know it's tough tough to say for me he's uh he's kind of a wild card in my mind I think it was a tough one. I kind of threw it in there as the last one is one that we'll see. I, I don't see him going to a big market team. I see him being top of the rotation somewhere. Um, one of the lower market teams. That's just what I feel, but yeah. who knows, right? It's. Uh, I will say, I think pretty much all free agents are overpaid. <laughs> like the money that gets thrown around, mm-hmm. gets insane. And I'm not upset about it because, yeah, they – you know, this is kind of the way the game is played. Somebody's making the money. So is it the players or the owners? Who do you want to make the money? And then as a former player, uh, not in the big leagues, and who never made this money, I'd rather see the players get it than the owners. So, Very true. yeah, I mean, get every, take everything you can get. And uh, I don't want to say hold out or whatever, but go to the team that you want. And if it's for a paycheck, go nuts, right? Or if it's like Aaron Nolley, give a little bit of a home, hometown discount, uh, then that's amazing too. So. For sure. So I don't know, but that uh, I like that. Well, that was yeah, good, man. I appreciate you rating a bunch of studly, menly athletes <laughs> on their attractiveness, beggar. Yeah, that was hundred percent all it was. Yeah. there were no tens. There were no tens. Yeah. So we'll talk about their value on the trade market or on the free agent market <laughs> yeah, now. That was your TMZ report brought to you by Willow again. We've missed that for a few episodes. <laughs> Had to come back. Had to come back. Nice, man. That's going to wrap it up for this week here. Um, But we appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate you listening. Let people know that you enjoy the podcast. If you did, hit the buttons. Give us a like. Hit the subscribe. And we would love to hear from you. Send us questions or comments. And we would be happy to interact. So from Willow and I and the rest of Team Oppo Taco, that is Oppo Taco out. Out.